Yes, welcome to Grace. If you've not been welcomed, you've been asleep. So, did you guys just see Jessica in the video? She was smiling at the end. She's smiling today also because Jordan, who was just singing right here, said, will you marry me? And she said yes. So, congrats. Isn't that nice? Yeah. A lot of cool stuff today. I love that baptism. Like, that guy was like, he's like, let's do it. Like, you know, and James like, okay, slow down. Uh, Also want to welcome back Uriah, standing right there. He's back from Kenya. He's a uh, MK who grew up in Kenya, and while he was in Kenya, he asked Evelyn Morgan if she would be his wife, and she said what? Yes, yes there we go. So, um, love is in the air for sure. But anyways, welcome to Grace. We're glad you're here. Uh, today we're going to talk about works. Whoa, that got really quiet. <laughs> like, okay. Um, now, I, I'm going to define works, and I, I want to challenge us that sometimes I think when we talk about works, it can be a little bit difficult like to figure out, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What context? Where does it work? Where does it doesn't work? What does works mean? And, and really, it can be just like hard to grasp. Have you ever experienced that, something that's hard to grasp? Well, we had an event at my pool uh, last week, and the, the goal was to grasp on to something. Check out how it went. Welcome. Here it goes. I think Kurt looked like he was about to drown. Like, that was awesome. Uh, By the way, no llamas were injured in the filming of that video, but several people were. So here's the deal. Grabbing on to a concept like works can be slippery. And and so my, my prayer is that today we would come out with a clearer understanding. Now, just to define the word works, biblically in the Greek, it's the word ergon. And, and really to summarize it all, it's, it's what we do for God. Does that make sense? So think, works, you can, you can substitute what we do for God. On God's behalf or for God's or towards God. And so we want to talk about that today. Um, the reason we are is two weeks, not next Sunday, but the Sunday after what's going on. Anybody know? Okay, we need to work on the, you know, like how we announce it. But there's a ministry fair. I did hear it. You're like, I got the answer. There's a ministry fair. And it's going to be a really cool service. A couple things going on. Gary will be back. And so if you're like, why is there a different fella every Sunday? Just breathe. He'll be back. Uh, and then what we're going to do is a shortened service. And then part of the service, so don't leave when it's over, we're going to go over to the gym. And the entire gym will be set up like a fair. There's food. There's tables. And we want to highlight different ministries at Grace. And so you can go to the tables just like on one hand, just celebrate, man, look what God's doing, look what people do. You can look at a ministry and say, how do I go to that or get involved with that? You might look and say, how can I be part of it? So like Elijah Kavanaugh, he's our high school intern. You're like, man, that guy's really cool. How can I hang out with more with him? You can go to his table and like do more with high school. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. So now, to get ready for it, though, we're going to spend the next two Sundays. Today, we want to look at why we serve or what works are all about. And then next Sunday, Jonathan Sheffern will be up. He's going to talk a little more about the how. Like, how might you find the right place to serve or what your gifts are, things like that. Does that make sense? 
So really our prayer is that when we go there in two weeks, that we're ready for it. And so the, the burning question today that I want to answer is why do we serve, or, or another way to say it is why do works matter? Is that fair? Okay. So let's check it out. Now, when we, when we hear about works, good or bad? Give me a thumbs up or down. I got some thumbs up. I got a thumb sideways, maybe a thumb down. I got some people like, uh, this is a trick question. I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> Because you're like, if I if the thumb up, like they're going to sign me up for something. Like, just, just breathe, okay? So uh, here's the deal about works is it, 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 it kind of gets that wrap. And, and I want to summarize. Let's just go where I'm going in the sermon. I'm just going to say it this way. Works without Jesus are bad. They're lifeless. They're dead. They're draining. Works with Jesus are fulfilling, inspiring, and they give us life. Amen. Let, let, no, let, let's, keep, let's keep going a little bit. So uh, here's where works kind of gets the bad rap. And it's a famous verse, and it's a beautiful verse, and it's the gospel presented. It's Ephesians 2, 8. You ready? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by, say it with me. Okay, that was weak. Your works are not good right now. Uh, whenever we hit the word works, I'm going to say, say it with me. We're gonna, I want to hear it. Not by... Oh my goodness, Ooh, that was good. Uh, so that no one can boast. And so the beautiful thing is what Paul is saying is like, you're saved by grace, nothing you did, and so you don't get to brag. If you meet a person that says, I got saved because blah, 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 like time out, time out. Uh, the, the verse says you didn't do it, so you don't get to boast about it. Who do you get to boast about? Jesus, the cross, right? And, and here's the beautiful thing. It's what we've been doing all morning. If you were listening not, not only were you welcome, but you were welcomed into the gospel. We sang about the gospel. We sang about the cross. We sang about trusting. Elijah came out, kind of stole my sermon, but like did the whole presentation of the gospel. Like, this is what we're here for. Okay? And so you're not saved by works. Now, here's the problem is most people stop right there because it makes their point. But if you go to the very next verse, you're going to see the same word works and listen to what it says. For we are God's handiwork. And we love that. Like as a pro-life verse, we love this idea that we're knit together in our mother's womb. And yet this is talking about like how we're being formed because of the gospel and the impact of Jesus Christ in our lives. It says, for we are God's handiwork created in, not the womb, but where? In Christ Jesus, you see it. Like why do we not, like this would be a good balance for the first part. To do good there we go. And, and here's the deal. Not just any old works. Not just like a dartboard and, hey, why don't you serve here and you serve here and you were No. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. This preparation, this advance, it harkens to another verse that talks about before the foundation of the world. Like, God's creating the world, and even before that, He's creating through Christ good works for you to walk in. So let me ask it again. Do works matter? Yeah. In fact, if you read this verse, here's what it's saying. And, and, and I don't want to step on toes, but, it, but if Paul does, you can write a letter to Paul. You weren't saved just to go to heaven. According to this, you weren't saved just to avoid hell. According to this, you were creating Christ Jesus. You were saved to do what? Am I wrong? Like, 
That's the point. That's the purpose. And so it's imperative that we realize that works matter with Jesus. Because again, here's what he said. Those works before the cross is not what saves you. This is what saves you. But after you're saved with Jesus, we're saved for, say it, good works. Right? Okay? Now, this is terrifying. And I know as you look here, we see sin and self-righteous and works and shame and guilt. And I know typically we talk about coming to the cross and we leave our sin at the foot of the cross. And sin, you know, the classic definition is to miss the mark. It's talking about an archer. It's talking about an arrow being shot at a target and missing. And so we all look in our lives and we say, man, there's things we've done that miss the mark. But listen, we don't just leave our sin at the foot of the cross. We leave our works. And by that, here's what I mean. Here's what bad works would be. Any attempt of mine to get right with God without Jesus, it doesn't work. See how I did that? Self-righteousness. Again, any attempt to be in right relationship with God apart from the cross is dead. And so again, these works without Jesus, these efforts that lead to shame and guilt can, can be debilitating. Now, just for clarity, if works is what we do for God, I'm not talking about your job. So I'm not saying the way you make an income uh, pr- to provide for your family is a bad thing. Not at all. Don't hear that. Like, you can't quit your job and say, I learned Sunday that works. Like, no. Stop. In fact, and, and I challenge young men with this, or women when they're dating young men, a man who does not provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. That's a verse we don't like. That, that's a good job fair verse. You know, like if you don't provide for your family. You're... So anyways, let's go back to this. Because here's the deal. And it's not, and I'm talking about without Jesus or with Jesus, it's not just did you pray a prayer, did you raise your hand. And here's the reality is you can be with Jesus and fall back into, into works and trying to do it on your own. I did. Uh, through high school, I didn't follow Jesus. And man, I had, the, the sin boxes like fill a whole wheelbarrow. And so then I come to Jesus in college and I'm like, I, I need to like get it right. And, and I knew the gospel. I'd been taught the gospel. I'd heard the gospel. It hadn't been here. And so I began doing things to try to, really, if I'm honest, to make up for what I did in high school. And it was a lot. And so I jumped into, like, let's do this. And, let's, and there were good things. I'm, I'm not talking about, like, bad things. And I ended up over in Africa. And, you know, I'd always been taught, like, do, 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 instead of B, B, B in the cross. And so what happened is, like, I had every opportunity to do what needed to be done. I'd wake up in the morning, there's sick people in the yard, we're doing medicine, every lunch, we're feeding like everyone who's hungry, and like we're talking not just like, hey, give me a snack, but like dying of starvation. Uh, we had the opportunity to share the gospel, um, and, and I don't, like, I'm not saying that like I'm cool. I'm confessing that I was doing it on my own, and it, it drained me, and it emptied me. Now, God used it, because he chose to use it. But for me, it was, it was just a burden, and it was heavy, and it was wearisome. And, and I venture to say there's some people in the room that, that the things you're trying to do by your own effort, they're wearing you out. And the scary truth is they're dead. They don't get you right with God. When we do this without Jesus, it, it's useless. Now, I, I can stand over here as an opinion. Let's, let's see what Scripture says. Philippians 3, 7-9, Paul. How many would say Paul had some pretty good accomplishments in life? 
I'm going to go, yeah, I mean, wrote most of the New Testament by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But here's what he says. Now, I know when we talk about Paul, we think Saul and, and like the brutality, uh, but he also did a lot of good things. I mean, as a Pharisee, and I know we pick on Pharisees, like, I mean, just here's an example. Memorize the first five books of your Bible to be a Pharisee. Like, think about what those first five books are. That's crazy. Pharisees could get together and do a Bible study on Leviticus without a script. Like, I, could, I don't think I could do that if you put a gun to my head. But here's what Paul says. But whatever were gains, and he, he had listed out these good things, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage. That I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Here it is. Not having a righteousness, not having right standing with God of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith, faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And so Paul says, even the things I did to get right with God are, are useless. Isaiah 64 6. Uh, says it this way, all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts, all our good stuff, all the things we're trying to get right with God are like filthy rags. And here's what happens. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins, and, and remember, sins is not just that bad stuff. Sins are the things we're doing trying to get right with God that are missing the mark. And it says, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. When we're over here trying to do this on our own without Jesus, trying to get to God, the very nature of doing our own like the wind is sweeping us further from God. Because what we got to do is we got to dump this thing out and come to the cross empty-handed. But as long as we're grabbing on, as long as we're trying and doing, as long as in the back of our mind, like, well, I am doing this, and I'm not as bad as that guy, and I'm, I haven't, like, it, we're missing the point. We're missing the mark. And, and I'll be honest, when I was in Africa, when I came home burned out, like, this was me. And here's the deal. I was trying so hard to get right with God. Then I quit, and I burned out, and I came home, and what do you think I'm thinking? Well, like, now he really hates me because I don't even have anything to offer him. And, and I went back into God's Word. I got a new Bible without the notes, without the highlights, without all the things I'd marked in college that were just kind of like, ah. And, and I began reading, and I get to 2 Samuel 14, 14, which is in the what testament? Old Testament, before Jesus. So it's not John three sixteen that hit me with the gospel. It's 2 Samuel 14, 14. All of us must die eventually. Our lives are like water spilled out on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Like, think about it. You take a cup of water. We did this in, in middle school class a few weeks ago because we're walking through this verse looking at the gospel. The kids poured out a cup of water, and the challenge was get it back in the cup. Now, middle schoolers are smarter than me because I'm like, they're not getting any. Like, they got, like, uh, what, uh, paper towels, and they're sponging, they're wringing, and I'm like, whoa, these kids are smart. And they get, you know, like a little eighth of an inch, you know, in their cup. Here's the problem. Anybody want to drink that water? No, because it's on the ground. It's got middle school boy hands, and you're like, Egh. and And the point is, because of sin, because not just the bad we do, but the good we're trying to do to get right with God, we're swept away, and it's hopeless, which cannot be gathered up again. But, but watch this. Here's the answer to Isaiah. 
But God does not just sweep life away. He doesn't look at that and say, dude, what in the world? He doesn't just flick it away. Here we go. Here's the gospel. He devises ways to bring us back when we have been separated from him. Like, Coming back, burned out, tired, shriveled up, and reading this, I realized it had nothing to do with what I had or hadn't done. And I I love it because the way that God devised is the cross. And yet the word's plural, too. Because he devises many ways to get us to the cross. I didn't say many ways to get to heaven. Don't go Oprah on me. He devised many ways to get us to the cross. And you know what my way was? Is, is lugging this wheelbarrow around until I realized I couldn't do it. Because I think in the back of my head, if I hadn't had the burnout, I would always in the back of my head say, I'm doing pretty good. I got this. And I see heads nodding because we believe that. And, and, and we know better. Like, I know we say, yeah, it's a free gift. You can't earn it. I get it. Blah, blah, blah. And yet, here's the deal. In the back of our mind, it's like a contract with fine print. In the bottom, it says, yeah, we're giving it to you free, but then you got to do some payback program, you know, $500 a month to pay back salvation. And you should laugh because that's ridiculous. It's also pathetic, and many of us have walked in that. Because it offends us. It offends our pride. It offends everything we're taught about pulling ourselves up over our bootstraps, being a self-made man or woman, that there's no free lunch. I mean, everything screams that the cross isn't, shouldn't be what it is. That's why Jesus says it's a stumbling block. Because anyone trying to do it on their own. So what we do, we look at this. We look at the misery. We look at this. And, and here's what I finally had to do when I got to 2 Samuel 14, 14 is what? You dump it out. And realize you're not just dumping your sin at the foot of the cross, you're, dump, you're dumping your efforts. You're dumping anything you think is going to get you right with God, because it ain't. And we're surrendering it to Jesus Christ. And we walk away from this dead and broken way of living that, that all of us know inherently is just killing us. And so we come to the cross, 2 Corinthians 5.17. God made him, who's him? Jesus, good. Who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in Him we might become what? The righteousness of God. Don't, don't mumble through that. On the cross, when I accept what God did through Jesus on the cross, I inherit the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Like, okay, look at me. Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't send me a text. What do you see? Will, orange shirt. Not very tall, especially if Jeff's up here. The, the middle schoolers calculate he's nine inches taller than me. Like, I realize this is why I don't stand by Jeff. He just, like, kills me. But, but here's the deal. I don't care what you see. And I know when I look in the mirror, I, can t- I, like, I see different things. You know what the God of the universe sees? He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Whoa. Like, I wish we had, like, like these spiritual goggles we could throw on. And I'm looking at Pat going, dude, you're the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Like, you don't think we'd treat each other different? You don't think we'd have more confidence or more whatever we need to get in life and to go start doing works and serving with Jesus? Here's the reality. We do, and you just read it. And again, it's these small things that we read. Yeah, yeah, the right. Like, you've got to allow the gospel to permeate your heart. It is not something we do to be saved and then go, okay, that's cool, I'll see you in heaven. Like, you're going to, like, 
when Jesus says, carry my cross, I know a lot of times it, it, it's translated like punishment and grueling and all that, but we're also carrying the good news of the gospel wherever we go. We never leave it behind. And it will radically transform our life. Now, let's think about what happens with the cross. i got two words up there, mercy and grace. And, and I'm, I'm just going to cut to the chase. If I asked you right now to write out the difference between them, some of you would get an F. And that's okay because you're not going to earn a grade to get into heaven. So it's okay. You can fail. So let me just be clear because I was one of them. I would just kind of mumble through, yeah, mercy and grace. In fact, here, Hebrews 4.16, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Now, where, did we, where are we supposed to go boldly? The throne of God, the same God that when people, like they see his angels and they fall down dead and they're like, oh, I'm scared to death. And somehow we're going to walk in boldly to God. How is that? Because we put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So when he sees me, he's like, hey, you're like my son Jesus. Come on in. Now watch this. There we will receive his, what? Mercy. And we will find grace. So they are two different things. They're not just a little synonym. Not cinnamon. Synonym. Okay, I said it right. Um, to help us when we need most. So let me just define it because, and, and we're going to do it quick, but you've got to think about what's going on the cross. Mercy, and I use five words to define it that we're going to rearrange to define grace as well because my brain, that works good. Here we go. Mercy is we don't get what we deserve. What do we deserve? Death, hell, misery, shame, guilt, like everything. Separation from God for all eternity. That's really good news, and that that's all he did on the cross. Praise God, I'm thankful. That's not all he did. We come over to grace, same five words, jumble them, what do we get? We get what we don't deserve. Like, I mean, this, this doesn't represent, like, just fill this to the ceiling, like eternal. And, and here's the deal. When you experience the gospel, we're told we have everything we need and more. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. We can't even imagine what he's prepared for us. And I know when we hear that, like, oh, it's heaven. What did he prepare in advance for us? Say it. Good works. Like, part of the reward of the gospel is walking in good works with him. It's not just, like, like hide out and try not to sin until you get to heaven. It's like, dude, let's go for the good works. It's amazing. And, and so here's what I want to say. If we think about what happens at the cross... Good works are our response. Does that make sense? So I want to give you three reasons why works matter with Jesus. Are we clear on that? And and here's why. Let's just cut to the chase. In two weeks, we're going to have a ministry fair. And you're going to go over there and you're going to see ministry. And like really cool, like Jonathan shared about this really cool thing, you know, at the school and the mentoring. In fact, Uriah, I don't know if you're available. There's a kid out there. Their name is Asante. What does Asante mean in Swahili? Wouldn't it be cool to find out why they're named thank you in Swahili? Like, I don't know why. Like, you should go. I'm not saying go do it. But anyways, but here's the point. Like, and there's a sports ministry. Jose has begun, you know, through grace, a sports ministry. Yesterday we came over and there's like, I don't know, 25 guys playing basketball. And there's, there's men from grace. There were no women. I don't know what that's all about, women. Um, but then there's all these guys not from grace. And they're not listening to me go, wah, 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 wah. Which, if you don't have Jesus, that's all you're hearing, okay? But, but they're playing basketball. And there's, there's this young man going, man, I went to church, and these guys were cool, and they're pretty good basketball players, and we had a little, you know, kind of elbow and ribbing, and like, that's beautiful. 
And, and so there's going to be all these ministries, but here's the goal. If all you do is run out of here and sign up for a ministry out of guilt and put it in this dead wheelbarrow without Jesus, we've failed. And, and if what you do is say, oh, it's coming, more guilt, more shame, I didn't do this. And I mean, you know the stats, right? 18% of the church does 90-whatever percent of the world. I mean, I, I hope that's not true at Grace, but there is a truism. And there's some people, like when you hear it, you're like, well, I guess I better sign up because they need people in this and they need people in that. And, and again, that's not the point. So I want to give you three reasons to consider serving or consider works. Are you ready? Number one, it's a response to the gospel. The response to this good news is to walk in good works. Let me put it this way. Matthew 5, Jesus. How many agree Jesus is a genius? Yeah. I mean, I always think he's like, cool. like, he's a genius. Here we go. You are the light of the world. He says this to his disciples. He says this to the people of the Sermon on the Mount. What's crazy about that statement? Because later on he says what? I am the light of the world. And now he's looking at going, you're the light of the world. And you're going to see this pattern um, that's crazy. He goes, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, you get the point, right? Let your light shine before others. And the way we do it is walking in good works with Jesus. But here's why. So that they may see your good works and tell you how cool you are. We laugh. Have we ever done good works to have people pat us on the back? I have. I've, d- I've, d- I've done good work because I want them to say, that Will's a pretty cool fella. Again, now we're back into this dead works. They may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. These good works become an act of worship that points people to the cross. You get it? Okay. So point number two. Our good works, when we do them with Jesus, points people to the gospel. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Right? we got this new life with Jesus, this abundant life. And it says, the old has gone because we dumped it. Don't go back. Because you can try to go back. You can go back and go, well, you know, the works and the way I did it. I mean, it kind of, I felt like, no, leave it. It's gone, okay? The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the minute. Now, here's the deal. We're going to have a ministry fair, all kinds of ministries. I think there's 40 tables. I think there's more than 40 ministries. Now, but, and, and I'm going to say this, but it's okay. There's only one biblical ministry. Youth ministry is not in the Bible, right? Women's ministry, not in the Bible. Men's, like, they're good things. Don't hear me wrong. There's one ministry. Here it is. The ministry of reconciliation. Big fancy word for, and Elijah preached it. Thanks for stealing my thunder. Of bringing separated people, swept away, back to God. That is the ministry. Let me just say it. If you end up over there and you sign up for a ministry and it doesn't help reconcile people to God, don't do it because it's not real ministry. Now, I'm, I can say that because I know everything over there. The purpose is, and you heard Jonathan say it, you mentor kids so you can pour out the love of God, point them to Jesus. Like that, That's the point. So all of us have this ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. That's the gospel. That's the cross. Not counting not counting people's sins against them, which isn't just the bad stuff, but my efforts. 
And he is committed to us, believers, the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. What does an ambassador do? They go to a foreign place and represent the place, the leader of where they're sent in that place. And so here's the deal. This world is not our home. We are strangers and aliens. And so our job as ambassadors is to represent where we come from, right? And here's what he wants to say. As though God were making his appeal through us. That is so humbling. Like, if I was God, and thank goodness I'm not God, but if I was God, I'd say, Jesus, you just stay down and do what you're doing because, like, you're really good at it. And yet Jesus says to his disciples, it's better if I go because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and then you're going to do And guess what? It works. And I want you to think about it. I'm not, I'm not putting Jesus down. Jesus is with Peter for three years doing amazing stuff, and Peter just kind of, like me, you know, hit, miss, hit, miss. Jesus leaves. The Holy Spirit comes, and what's the next thing we see Peter doing? Whoa, genius of Jesus. He's like, it'll be better, trust me. And so it says, he's making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, what? Be reconciled to God. If that's the message, is that not good news? When I go to the world and say there's mercy and grace, this is incredible good news. Here's a question. You got to get this before you want to share it. If I'm living over here, and it's heavy and draining. And really in the back of my mind, I go, I know what, I know what everybody tells me. It just ain't working. Am I going to go share that with others? Certainly not with people I love. Like, hey, Borjas, I'm miserable. You want to come join me? Like, if, if Borjas is my friend, I'm like, just stay away from this. It's kind of rough. Okay? But if we get it, then we're going we're gonna to preach, be reconciled. We're also going to preach it to ourselves. We have to hear this every day. Okay? And then finally, here's the final point. I want you to, you got to get this because we started here. Good works with Jesus are what we were made and saved for. Period. Do you get it? Do you get it? Because I can rewind this whole. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. Uh, Ephesians 2.10. I will rewind it there. For we are God's handiwork. Like you were, you were in salvation created and you're like a, a, a like a, project and and a model and amazing created in Christ Jesus by the cross to do good I I will start over here we go let's try it again created in Christ Jesus to do good I think you're getting the porch which God prepared in advance for us to do here's the final verse okay James y'all know where I'm going with it right James says that faith without is dead okay stop I wonder, for some of us, we've heard that as kind of like a guilt manipulative, like, hey, you better start serving because if you don't serve, it proves you're not saved and it's dead. And, okay, okay, that's one way. To, that's one take on it. Let me give you a different take from James. James 2.26. This is kind of his summary. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without... So faith without is dead also. But, but stop, because we kind of land on the end like, oh, if I don't do work, you missed it. For as the body without the spirit is dead. What do you call a body without a spirit? Come on. It's a corpse. It's a rotting, stinking, dead thing. It doesn't have life. It doesn't enjoy life. It doesn't relish moments. It doesn't take opportunities. It doesn't have opportunities. And here's what he's saying. 
in the same way that the Spirit gives the body the life that we all desire and we all want. Are you ready for this? You know it. The good works fill our faith with life. Some of us, we've, we've got the dead down pretty good. Some of us have come right here and we're just kind of like anchored at the cross and we're just like, I'm going to huddle up and I don't want to sin or blow it and I don't want to take any risk and I'm going to wait for Jesus to come back. And guess what? It's lifeless. Like, just forgive me. Some of you come here on a Sunday and then you leave and you're like, yeah, I do the church thing. It's not that exciting. It's not the point. Do you know, like, Trying to, like, this is a huddle. All these facilities, the pastors, teachers, evangelists, Ephesians 4 tells us, are given to the church to do one thing. What is it? To equip God's people for, say it, works of service. So if you come here and you're like, I don't get it, it just kind of feels like, well, like, because you're, it's like, it's like you're in the huddle and we're all excited. Yeah, we're going to run and we're going to go. And, and then you're like, okay, that was cool. And you go sit down. And like the rest of the team's out there. And you know what? I mean, yeah, they're getting hit and tackled and bruised and bloody. And then you come back in the huddle and you're like, okay, what's the play this week? Like, okay, I mean, you, you can be in the huddle. Like, no one's going to kick you out of the huddle. But if you don't go out and run the play, what's the point? Now, I know you won't get banged up and you won't fumble. And, and here's the deal. Listen, when you walk with Jesus, it's okay to fumble. Some of you might sign up in two weeks for something and get in there and be like, I hate this with all my heart. I can't. Like, that's okay. Because guess what? You're not earning this. It's already done. If the thing you do messes up, you've got the Holy Spirit. Like, he's going to fix it. If I stand up here today and make a complete fool of myself, it's okay. Some of you are like, you're doing a really... No, I'm just... Um, but, but here's why. You ready? Because we've looked at Scripture. And God's Word is living and active and will not return void. And so again, as you walk with Jesus and good works, it, it's going to do what it was supposed to do. So I want to ask you this as we get ready for two weeks. Think for a minute, where are you at? You might be over here, you might have been here, and you kind of fallen back here, and, and, and a lot of you are here, and, and maybe some of you are here, and you're like, man, I need more people to come alongside. And I don't know where you're at, but here's my, my plea. I would take a knee if I didn't drop shorter than I am below the camera. Don't show up in two weeks and, and add to that. Take time to pray. Take time to think. Why would I serve? Why would I do good work? And here, and let me be clear. Like, there's some opportunities here. That's not it. I mean, you know, like, like you have work and neighborhood, and we've done a series on bless, and uh, Paul kind of says, whatever you do, do it all to the glory. So I'm not, like, it's not exclusive over there, but I want us to take time just to pray and say, why would I walk in good works? And here's the beautiful thing. It's what you were saved for. And doing them, will give you the full life that, that so many of us are craving. Let's pray. Father, just, just thank you for the cross. Thank you that there's not a competition, there's not a bank account, there's not a, can we do it? Thank you that, thank you that the things we try to do that we feel like and we know aren't quite good enough, that they're not. Thank you and that's okay. And thank you that through Jesus Christ, you did it all. Thank you for mercy. I, I deserve hell. I deserve a messed up life. I deserve consequences for my stupid behavior. And there's mercy. I don't get what I deserve. And thank you for your grace. 
thank you for the richness. I have so much that I don't deserve it. And that's true of us. And so just by your spirit, uh, work in our hearts and just lead us to what it looks like to walk in good works with you. In Jesus' name, amen.